Dear listener, welcome to the podcast Holding Space. We are your hosts, Aminata Cairo and Vinnie Roosevelt. In this podcast, we take you along exploring my new book, Holding Space, a storytelling approach to trampling diversity and inclusion. This book is dedicated to offering a new, alternative perspective on engaging a world strive with questions and challenges. I wrote this book specifically for you, the audience, with the hope that it can be a gift that you can put to good use. We have invited some of you, the audience, to explore some of the chapters of this book with us. What does this book mean to you, to us? What can it mean and how does it translate into action? We hope you will stick around and enjoy these conversations. For today's episode, Aminata and I invited Somia, Teresa and Dervin. Somia Bozagou from Diversiteitscan.nl helps organizations with measurable solutions for diversity and inclusion and is also diversity researcher at the Lectoraat Diversiteitsvraagstukken af in Holland. Theresa Tam is a dancer, instructor, director of Rakadu Dance Theater in Lexington, Kentucky. She started the Mecca Dance Studio in 1999 and has been a stable force in Lexington, bringing artists and art forms from all over the world together to create beauty together. Dervin Snow is a social entrepreneur based in The Hague who has been very active within his city and community. With his foundation Convi, he works to prepare job seekers from different backgrounds by teaching and coaching them how to understand the current job market as well as the right way to apply their skills by understanding their own brain. So welcome everyone. Welcome Teresa, Dervin, Sumia and of course Aminata to this next conversation about another chapter in uh, the book Holding Space. And today we're going to talk about positions we cannot escape. So I'm really curious, because you all read this chapter, of course, what resonated the most with you while reading? I'm familiar with the story. So there are several things that have impact on your life if you want to achieve things. Mm. And it depends on yeah, where you are, are born mm. and what the story of your parents is. It influences your, your behavior mm-hmm. and things that you do. And is there a reason why that resonated or why you related so much with this specific part of this chapter? I know what Aminata meant because I, I, yeah, I lived almost the same path. You have always, also, you have always you have a, a kind of struggle. Mm. And that struggle is like... Um, I say that like um, familiar uh, within the the Afro, I think Afro Dutch people or Afros, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah. think that the, the the story is familiar. There's always obstacles, mm. and there's always something that you have to overcome mm. before you get that success, and and it's always that that individual story. Mm. I definitely resonated with the. Um, talking about the 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 individual um, rising above their obstacles and um, and without without help 
it resonates for me because I feel like that is a very common story that we see often and I love to collaborate. And so I feel like, I feel like my brain works better in conversation and in collaboration, but sometimes it's hard to ask for help or mm. uh, know like there almost that there's can be shame around asking for help to get over obstacles or things that are challenging. Mm. So I see you nodding yeah. your head, Sumia. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, actually uh, a lot of things resonated with me. I love, by the way, that you describe that you call it narrative. It's so non uh, judgmental. It's not that mm. you're talking about one specific culture uh, mm. or a context. It's a narrative. I love that. In, in the story, we're talking about people that are born in a certain narrative that face more obstacles than others, that there's a side to that of success stories, of people who make it, and, and that, that, uh, that that's inspiring for people who are struggling. I resonate with that because that's how I'm viewing life. Mm. So I really inspire myself with those stories who people make it. But I also know there are a lot of people come from a struggling narrative, a struggling environment, who don't have certain elements in their life to book those successes. So they don't have that role model. Maybe they also don't have that personality mm. that searches for that positivity and the new ways. And then they're stuck in the obstacles I feel like happy to see that other side, you know, like keep uh, always keep uh, crawling, even you know, even if a big obstacle uh, lands on you, you still crawl. And also, uh, the Sue story resonated a, a, a lot with me uh, because I love that as she at the end she strived, you know, to continue her education, and I. Yeah, the similar pathway that mm. I, I took a different road to uh, where I am today it took me much longer. And to... as an 18-year-old, having been born and raised in metropolitan Amsterdam, I left for adventure and went to pursue my education in rural Kentucky in the United States. The culture shock going from a metropolitan international city to the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains is beyond anything I could put into words. I cried for three days after I arrived, wondering what I had gotten myself into. But I adapted and adjusted and actually came to love my experience there. I stayed in the residence halls. In my first year, we still had only one telephone for the whole floor. Throughout the day, you would hear girls running up and down the halls, waiting and hoping for phone calls, mostly from boyfriends. Pretty soon, we had a Friday evening routine, however. We all knew that on Friday evening, at a certain time, Peggy Sue would receive a call from home. Peggy Sue, don't answer the phone, you know who it is. Peggy Sue did know who it was and would always dutifully answer the call. Peggy Sue was born and bred in Kentucky, raised on a farm not far from the college. Every Friday night, her folks would call her to ask when she would come home. Peggy Sue, ain't you ready to call it quits yet? A girl ain't got no business getting an education. Just come on home to the farm and get married. 
Peggy Sue would listen and be ever so polite. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. While tears would be streaming down her face. Every Friday, we would beg her not to answer the phone. Every Friday, she would stand there crying. Until one day, she didn't. Peggy Sue gave in and went home. I often tell this story to my students to tell them about the complexities of diversity. I was black, female, international, and across the ocean from my family. By all accounts, clearly the other, and perhaps in needs of special attention and assistance. Peggy Sue was white and local, yet Peggy Sue was farther from home than I ever was. When we hold space, we don't know what kind of stories are present in the space. We do not know the kinds of sacrifices people have made or are making to be in the space. I graduated from college and went on to pursue my master's degree in a nearby city. One day, I was walking and ran into Peggy Sue. She shared that she had gone home and had married as desired by her family. Her married life had been difficult, however. Her husband was involved in drugs, something quite common in rural Kentucky with a desperate economy. She had two children in the marriage and eventually chose better for herself and her children. She divorced her husband and went back to college. I am back and I'm determined to finish this time. I looked at her, saw her confidence and knew that she meant it. I'm convinced that Peggy Sue is somewhere out there with a college degree. Is the information from this chapter, is it useful for your your uh, context, your field of profession? And if so, in what way? Uh, there's a sentence here. It also does not mean that one is locked into that narrative for life. Mm. It is mm. just that the journey to escape or transform this narrative is different for each, for each of us. Mm. And many are just not able to do so. Mm. Um, and I, I wrote down like... Sometimes there, the, the obstacles are not your obstacles, but you have to deal with it. Mm. If you have like a, a other background, if you're not Dutch, there are, are several things that you are thrown into, mm-hmm. but it's not your problem. Uh, and then you have to deal with it. So mm. that makes it harder to achieve something. Mm. It bothered me that, that it, it's still, to this day, it's still an issue. Mm. Uh, so, Sumia, is there something in the chapter, the information that that Aminata wrote down that you can use in your private context, but maybe also your profession? Definitely. Yeah. The way um, Aminata put puts words to to what's happening, so the obstacles, the the narratives, it gives me peace because I, it clicks. Like I have better words for it to describe it mm. without like being a little bit. Uh, unconsciously judgmental, mm. like over harsh, describing what my context, where I come from, maybe, yeah, putting too much stereotypes in it. Or so uh, in my work, I need to understand different perspectives. This chapter, it summarizes this. Mm. It, it summarizes mm. the perspective of so, Peggy yeah. Sue, who who is white, <laughs> yeah. but still can have obstacles limiting yeah. her pro- progression. In life, mm. in in private, I, I was also very, very triggered by Aminata, who went to the states on her own, her 18. <laughs> so I see, yeah, mm. I see something 
right yourself? there for myself too. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I went to China last. Uh, um, so I went for not not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> coming like yeah, I, I'm gonna use the word like. I'm not going to say conservative uh, uh, edu- um, <laughs> yeah. upbringing. I will say a different narrative where <laughs> ladies traveling alone. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit different. So I went to going, uh, yeah, to China last uh, summer before uh, to Wuhan actually. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. Before wow. before the Corona time, yeah. so the the year before. Wow. And uh, it's like... Uh, How was that ex- experience? Incredibly <laughs> wonderful hospital. The mm, people were so great. Wonderful, wonderful. But also in relation with your family, because you say, well, it's not, you know, women traveling alone is yeah. not something that it, that we're used to in my yes, family. in my family, yes, exactly. A- and, and you did the opposite? <laughs> uh, I, no, I didn't travel alone, but it was more like staying in Lelystad and having like a blast when I go to Amsterdam. I'm like, I feel like, wow, the big world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly you go to China, like, whoa, <laughs> Sumia in China, you're, you're going to laugh. It's like, yeah. if you, <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And and it all, for me, is that stretching that the opportunities, you know, even though mm. coming back to the obstacles where you're born in, uh, you can, you can do incredible, incredible things. Mm. So, Teresa, how, how is, is there something in this chapter that, that is useful for you? Yeah, definitely. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of points speak to me. Um, I think, uh, because I teach uh, dance mm-hmm. um, to lots of different uh, age groups and um, gender and uh, body types and everything, um, there everybody comes comes to the process from a different place, and they have you know different body issues or insecurities that can be rooted in. Um, you know, where, where they came from and the environment that they grew up in or, um, experienced along the way. And so just being open to realizing that there are, there are obstacles for everybody and that, um, keeping, keeping my ears and eyes open for, um, for those, you know, just recently having a lot of conversations with students former students and current students um, who have talked about like what it was like when they first started expressing themselves physically through their body and then the kind of, you know, eating relationships they have with their food and how that is just deeply rooted in their environment to family and um, peers and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. Uh, ik vind het eigenlijk mooi hoe Aminata eigenlijk de approach van Ikasa en Vasquez eigenlijk benadrukt. En ik weet niet of het een, een stille hint is naar onderzoekers zelf, maar om, om dingen vanuit een collectief eigenlijk te, begaan, te benaderen. Mm. Van uh, als jij onderzoek doet, uh, je doet het niet alleen, zeg mm. maar. Er zijn altijd mensen die jou kunnen helpen. In, in wat je doet. Yeah. En dus, uh, ik weet niet of ze dat zo bewust heeft gedaan, maar het lijkt erop dat ze ook een soort van hint geeft van hey, als je onderzoek doet, doe je het niet alleen, maar ook als je gewoon je doelen bereikt, yeah. ben je niet alleen. En ik vind het mooi hoe ze 
nadruk legt op het spirituele. Uh, um, en dat ze dat ook benadrukt, ja. zeg maar. De helpers, de guides, zeg maar, die, die jou helpen in... Of die er ook zijn, zeg maar, die je kunnen helpen. Ja. So, uh, Dervin talked about, you know, I mentioned Ikaza en uh, Vasquez. And um, so one of the things he says, you know, he appreciates, you know, the emphasis on that when you do research, you don't do it by yourself. Right. And he said, and maybe this is a hint. Is this a hint towards people that it can be done differently? The fact that you, you know, that you, it's not just about you and the data, but that you do this as a collective. And even when it comes to pursuing your goals that you are connected to and that you have spiritual guides and, and sources that you can tap into when it comes to, you know, and not walking this path alone. So did I do that on purpose? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and also now you're getting one chapter and you don't get the introduction, but I really start with, um, you know, what we call an indigenous perspective that everything starts with the fact that we are all connected. Right. And so, I, you know, and, and so I even talk about, uh, you know, I have a Native American godmother who taught me that, but also I have a Surinamese heritage, you know, where we believe you're connected to ancestors and so all of that I carry with me. Mm. So so you're never walking alone. And so and to and to be purposeful about, you know, using that connection and, and tapping into that connection. Um, and so our approach is always it's always about us. You know, so even when it's even me, I because I'm connected to, you know, so our, our starting principle is also this is about us and how are we going to do what does this mean, you know, about us? What does this say about us? So it's never about those people or them, but some of us, you know, are being excluded. Some of us don't get a chance. And then even even making that little shift, hopefully will get people to think differently and feel a sense of responsibility, you know. Because, you know, it's not okay that some of us are, you know, laid by the way, some of us, you know, are told from home, you have no business being there. And because if it's about them, then you can, it's mm. easier to distance yourself. So, so when it, it, when it comes to the pursuit of knowledge, like doing research, um, yeah, that matters. So, yes, thank you, Derek, <laughs> for noticing. Yes. I love, I really love how you, um, uh, So when focusing on that connect connection, um, yeah, you 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 like in include everyone. Suddenly you make the the statement of uh, watch out with your positionality, watch out yeah. with, with with which perspective you are viewing things and setting the norm. But you do that so subtly that uh, you you want connection with everyone, and and that's also the time we're living in right now. We need the bonding mm. in society there's you know increasingly uh individualization fragmentation so this is what we need and i love that that mm. thank you thank you yeah that's that's and not not just the goal is but it's about what we have to have do have to do yes exactly it's you know? another another way of living <laughs> connecting yes. yeah and and, and, and Go ahead, go ahead. And Sabine. also the the, the 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 subtleness of the words you choose, it makes such a big difference. Mm. That that you use use subtle subtle words in explaining mm. what's 
we should not do we should like not exclude people and and like uh, make the place welcome for everyone mm. and not set a norm and the rest cannot participate but you're not using hard words to describe it but the message lands but you while it lands you feel Without, connected yes without pointing a finger to yes. people who are not doing the right thing exactly like, i think that's the subtleness that you mean exactly. right exactly yeah. and that's for me yeah. the elaboration which i can use in my work mm. this is something new that's nice thank you that's, that's and nice. you know and i'm I'm really glad that, that Teresa is here uh, because mm. we go way back. <laughs> um, we, we go way back, but also in, you know, in, in Lexington, Kentucky, my experience there specifically when it came to the artist, you know, I mean, she talks very humbly now about what she does, but I've seen magic happening in her classes. Mm. I mean, you know, from senior citizens to disabled, you know, and, and my experience with the artist in, in, in Lexington, Kentucky, with the musicians The, the writers is about you want you want to create art well come on let's go mm, that's yeah. the only requirement you want to do it come on let's go they have they yeah. have march madness band you want to play music <laughs> even if it's a, a triangle even if it's a kazoo come on let's go wow. you know that's that's the only requirement if you if you want to do it come on let's go mm, um yeah. and and so It is incredibly open and it's incredibly loving. And that's why they, you know, include everybody, you know. And that's nice. You can play, you can not play, you're professional. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and who, who would think that, you know, that you can find that in Kentucky? But it, that's, you know, that's the, that was the gift for me um, being there. And I had people say like, mm, you always hang with those white people. And then they would show up like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, because we're yeah. so limited mm -hmm. In, yeah, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and you know, you love music. Come on, you love dance. Come on, you know, mm. and and we will work with you. Um, and to have that as a possibility, to have that as a vision, and that you know, and to actually live that—that's really, really very special. Yeah, sounds wonderful. I think yeah, just being in, yeah. in class with you too is just like creating that space, that uh, of feeling safe, and you know you're you can you can express yourself um safely and and feel that what you have to offer can be heard and seen uh, without without it getting torn down or mm. uh, delegitimized or whatever I specifically point out Vasquez and, and Ikaza when it comes to positionality because they have this whole concept of connectedness mm -hmm. and as a community and that you stand. It's not just about my position, but my position in relationship Relation. to you mm -hmm. because I'm connected to you. You know, that that's always there. Because another way of looking, a lot of generally when you do research on positionality in academia, you get, you know, as a researcher, when I go out into the field, I have power. Yeah, you do. Okay. And that's <laughs> where it ends. You know, so I have my position and there those those people over there. And that's where it ends. But they take it to a whole other level. So we stand in relationship to anybody and everybody at any given time and sometimes you're up here and sometimes you're down here depending on the story that you're in and depending also on the story that you were born into mm -hmm. so you know you cannot help that you're a white male you cannot help that you're a black male but it does shape your life a certain way if you're born in this part of the world if you're born in that part of the world yeah um you know and and to recognize that And so, okay, given that this is the story that you have no control about, but it does shape your life, mm. now now 
how are we going to navigate now how are we going yeah. to make it work and i think Enderven does that with his young people yeah. Yeah. you know who are confronted because of this is my story i cannot find a job you know and just say okay that's doesn't you know and so i went you know as a board member i came And we made vision boards. The vision, my vision board is hanging over my <laughs> desk. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, good. I came to observe. It's like, ooh, that, that was so much fun. But, you know, but to to get young people, I know the world tells you you cannot participate. But, daggone it, you can dream. Mm. That's where we're going to start. So, let's dream. And the sky's the limit. And then to share with each other. I mean, it was beautiful, mm. you know. And I have a vision board over my that desk sounds, now. That sounds <laughs> yes. like a great session yes. you oh, have wow. there. That's great. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I want to invite you all to make a vision board. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I, just, just I will It was come. so much yeah. fun. It was yeah. so much I'll fun. Too. You know, and yeah. I look at it and, and um, yeah, but, but also the gift. And again, to be purposeful about that. Mm. You know, I know this is the vision that you were given by your family, your parents, your background, da, 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 but let's break through that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so Dervin does it, you know, Teresa does it in dance, in the arts, mm. because she's a dancer, but she's, you know, a multi, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, and the stuff Teresa comes up with, we, you know, Teresa, we did this, um, this one So this is belly dancing, but like under the sea, you know, and it's just like, and she used parachutes and all that. It's like, you you know, all these sea. I mean, how you come up with that, you know, but <laughs> that's why you need artists. That's why we need artists. You talk about broadening your perspectives, like how the heck, what the, you know, I mean, she can come up with anything and everything. You know, and I know Sumia does it in her work, working with organizations. Um, yeah. And and I know what Sumia encounters because you know she wears the headscarf mm -hmm. and the, and and how people already have all kinds of assumptions about her mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and in spite of that yeah 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 you know y'all get over it but let me do my work with you because I'm the one who who is going to lead you and get you places you know you need to get past that mm -hmm. so um so that's you know so that's beautiful and very exciting you know yeah. to wow. have you all here yes <laughs> well i mean yeah. yeah, oh sorry yeah. you want to say yes, something soon? i want to say like now meeting teresa uh Uh, I see where you're in and you mentioned that she's your big inspiration wow because uh, you know the nonverbal, the, the using the body is a big yeah. uh, something mm. also I've learned uh, new from Aminata she yes. uses that in the inclusivity pathway uh, yeah. but uh, it, it's amazing and I uh, like I was like oh you're like <laughs> admiring you but so <laughs> Teresa the way you are looking like listening to our stories that's all oh. that's a different way of looking you know like you're really listening know. you know like on multiple and levels we're just watching yeah. on a screen to each other so that says a lot right yes yeah. how that yeah, yeah. overcome yeah and Aminata I think that what you just described is really wonderful and loving and um uh interesting also because these are three different positions um yeah. and all uh i think you all use um in your own context these um well these qualities and and and, and you're 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 using it you so i think that's really wonderful and lovely yeah um concerning the time i'm sorry i always have to do this um <laughs> Is there something that hasn't been said that really needs to be talked about in this 
Yes. Conversation, yes, Sumia. Yes. Um, so uh, I had a memory when I was on my way uh, to this podcast. Yeah. Um, I had a memory of a, another chapter of Aminata's book. And I cannot even remember whether I read it, because <laughs> you shared another chapter with me before, Aminata, or you mm-hmm. read it out to me. But mm-hmm. it's it it did something to me. And it was a chapter... Uh, I was like, I, I need to mention it. It was a chapter where you stepped into the bus. You know, there mm, was this uh, boy and the bus driver. Mm, and yeah. that did a, a lot to me uh, of, of how I look to like that kind of situations. When I like, when I, uh, when it involves like somebody who I can relate to with my background, mm. who comes from mm. my community and the way you stepped in uh, yeah. to that boy, it, it, it did a lot to me so uh, of, yeah. of how I look to the, uh, these kids I encounter in the bus oh. and the trams so I'm like wow this book is really something <laughs> in the days when I was still working in The Hague as a lector I would ride my bike to the station every day about four to six minutes where I would take the train this particular day I had a flat tire I could walk for about 12 minutes, or if I timed it correctly, take the bus. I opted for the bus. As I got on the bus, there was a young man of African descent, probably Surinamese heritage, around age 20 or so, sitting on the first chair opposite the bus driver. I sat down one or two seats behind him on the seat that was perpendicular to his position. I could see him to my right, and I could see the rest of the bus. There were quite a few people in the bus at this time of the morning, all on their way to work, no doubt. He was wearing earbuds, but the music was still loud. The bus driver asked him in a friendly manner if he could turn the music down. The young man immediately responded very aggressively and loudly and told the bus driver in no uncertain terms to mind his own business. An exchange started to take place that quickly became louder and more aggressive. A Surinamese lady to my left joins in. You are wrong. You are disrespectful. The bus driver asked you nicely. All you have to do is listen. I recognized the sentiment immediately. A Surinamese mama who does not tolerate public misbehavior. It is oh so familiar. However, her tone only adds fuel to the fire. The young man then turns towards her and immediately starts yelling at her to stay out of his business. Profanities are hurled. He alternates between yelling at her and the bus driver. The rest of the people are tense. I take a deep breath and listen and watch. A white lady gets up and goes and sits beside the Surinamese lady. Good, so she's protected. But the young man does not let up. The bus is stopped by now, and the bus driver is threatening to call the police. I'm sitting there. I feel the familiar burn in my belly. My ancestors are signaling me, and I know I will have to do something. Between my po and my father, and who knows how many others, I tune into that presence and know the time to act is near. I'm just waiting for that moment. I'm purely listening and sensing and ready to respond. Now, for clarification, one has to understand that I bring a particular story to this moment. First, I am a mother of three black sons, so I am not afraid of young black men. 
If anything, I have a special affinity for them. Secondly, I come from the United States, where behavior like this will get a young man killed. I have a very strong feeling about standing by versus getting involved with young black men prior to things escalating with the police. I'd rather have them interact with me than with the police. It can be the difference between life or death. From me, they can get some compassion. From the police, more than likely, they will not. When the young man stood up and started walking towards the bus driver while yelling and threatening, what are you going to do about it? I stood up. It was as if my body moved by itself. I took a deep breath, called upon my people, yippee me, y'all better help me out, and slowly started to walk towards the young man, all the while making eye contact. I didn't charge him, but moved and talked slowly in my most soothing voice. Hey man, I see that you're angry. I am so sorry you're having a hard time this morning, but I know you're not going to hit this man. So what are you going to do? I stopped where I stood, gave him his space. He looked me dead in the eye, angrily, silence. I waited. He took a deep breath, lowered his eyes, bent his head, and walked towards me. He passed me and kept walking to the end of the bus. I moved forward to the bus driver and asked if he was okay. The situation was de-escalated. I don't recommend for people to start jumping into potential fights. That is not what this story is about. This experience was about surrendering and being fully present and connected. There were a lot of factors that came together in this moment. When I got up and moved, it wasn't a conscious decision. It was a driven decision. It was a fully embodied, informed action. It was the result of years of fine-tuning and learning and trusting in all that I'm connected to. He could have physically attacked me, which is why I was as non-threatening as possible and why I gave him his space. But even that chance I was willing to take. I had rather he attack me than get into it with the police. No young black man will die on my watch if I can help it. My body, mind, and spirit are committed to that reality. You know, I talk about the dominant and the other. And so within that is also this idea of power, this power differential. And so even when you're at the university and you think, okay, I'm going to move up, and then still you're confronted, you know, with that power that you cannot do anything about in that moment, in that situation, mm. and that... Um, how restrictive that can be. Yeah. You know, how restrictive. And, and, and so, yeah. And so again, and so sometimes that means, so we have to be strategic and find a different way. Yeah. You know, to, yeah. to challenge, to break through. I'm going to get there a different way. Um, and to encourage each other. Um, yeah. You know, and, 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 and again, for some of us, that is more work than for somebody else. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a similar uh, well experience at the studio one time where 
a guy came in, well, I walked, I came in from the other room and the guy was behind my front desk and it took me a second and I was like, wait, you don't work here, <laughs> you know? And oh, wow. I went over to, and I was like, and realized I was like, oh, he's cleaning out my cash drawer. And, you <laughs> wow. know, and I, I was like, oh, I was like, no, 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 no. Um, you know, there's not much there. And the little that's there, I really worked hard for. And, you know, mm. I just really would appreciate that you don't steal from me. And, and he, we sat there and had a conversation and he emptied his pockets out wow. and gave me wow. back all the money. Wow. wow. Incredible. You sat down and, and had a conversation. Yeah. Wow. And I knew, cause I was like, you live in the neighborhood, right? And I was like, you know, I'm your neighbor, so mm. please. Wow. No, please let's support each other. Oh, and that's wonderful. And he, after that, <laughs> said, "Well, you know, I will talk to my friends and tell them not not to bother you." And wow, you know, wow, <laughs> that's, that's, wow. That's, this is great. There's some skills wow. with the, you know, the the, the, the communication, <laughs> the body, and what a <laughs> man, wonderful, yeah. What a yeah. story to close okay. on. I think this is, this is a great story to close on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's um, beautiful, That's Teresa. wonderful. Yeah. I want to thank you all. Grand Tangi, um, Teresa, <laughs> Derfin, yeah. Sumia. Thanks for yeah. coming to the studio and yeah. Aminata. Oh, thank you, for thank you very yeah. much for I'm having this conversation. And I want to read the book. Yes! Before we sign off, we would like to give a special thank you to our guest today, Thank you, Podcast Studio Amsterdam, for producing this podcast. And thank you, our audience, for tuning in and spreading the word. <laughs>